0: we all gave presentations about our ideas for regeneration and one common theme in every single presentation was greening and nature and so hopefully this is something that people will pick up on.
1: Well it's not in the north and it's not in the south Welcome to Mansfield is a Town in North Nottinghamshire, the podcast about all things Mansfield. This episode is presented once again by me, Robert Shaw, and hurrah, my mother, or as she's known informally, to her best and closest friends, Mrs Shaw. Say hello, Mum. Hello, ma'am. As I've already said, this podcast is called Mansfield is a Town in North Nottinghamshire, but this episode asks what things might be like if Mansfield were a town in France, Belgium, the Netherlands, or Germany instead. We wouldn't be saying mid to everyone for a start. If Mansfield were in France, we'd be saying canard. Earlier this year, a group of local students were taken on a tour of post-industrial towns in continental Europe. Part of the goal was that they should gather ideas and inspiration from the places they visited about ways in which their hometown could be made more attractive. In a moment, we'll hear a conversation between some of the participants about their findings. We're very grateful to them for allowing us to listen in and I do think they present an extraordinary vision of what Mansfield could become. First though Mum, you you've been to the continent haven't you? Yes. Yes I have. Good good and I think you were you were actually about 30 years of age uh, when you first went abroad is that right?
2: Yes I was 30 years of age exactly.
1: And uh, tell us where did you go and you know given that you'd already you know, you already really an adult, how much of a culture shock was it for you?
2: Um, I I don't think it was a culture shock, actually, because I enjoyed everything so much that was there. So I took advantage of what was there without being overcome by it. First of all, we started in Norway. Then we went to Sweden, uh, Denmark. Then uh, we went into um, Amsterdam. And then we went to Belgium, and then France, and then home. We have got nice. no money left, so we had to go home. Ah,
1: yeah, the old money question. Okay, and um, tell us about some of the, a few of the highlights. Where did you really enjoy?
2: <laughs> I really enjoyed Amsterdam. The people were nice. We went on the river, for instance, and uh, you know they insisted that we had one of the best best parts of the boat because we were English. Um and I think bearing man the war hadn't been over that long. Then we went into the uh, red light district. But the funniest thing was there was a busload of uh a busload from uh from Yorkshire. <laughs> and they was in one of these areas and there was negotiating with this lady in the window, there was negotiating uh, for the old busload <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah. Okay. Um, Anyway, that's not an idea we're going to be bringing to Mansfield. What? What other? What other extraordinary things did you experience in Amsterdam or elsewhere that you thought,
2: "Oh, this is good." Uh, Fresh bed, being able to bite at nine o'clock at night. That was good. Anything else? Did you enjoy your breakfasts
1: in Amsterdam?
2: Oh, they were excellent. They were excellent, and the thing was, there was some uh, some young uh, some young. German young men in there. And we felt they weren't really being treated that nice. But bear in mind, the war hadn't been that long, that many years over. And they were having a pint of beer with their breakfast. So I insisted that I had one with mine. Even though I did, don't drink beer, I did have a, a pint with my breakfast.
1: And how did you feel afterwards?
2: Uh, so I needed another pint. <laughs> and that's where it started, is it? That's where my drinking started. Good. And you've not stopped since, have you? Excellent. Never, stop, never stopped since. Mansfield is a town in
0: My name is James Walker and I work at Nottingham Trent University in the creative writing department. And recently. I was selected as one of eight academic mentors on a project called European Future Towns Challenge, whereby we took 56 uh, Nottingham Trench students on an inquiry-based learning challenge across Europe. We had two key themes that we were trying to address, and these were levelling up and graduate attention. On our trip, we were accompanied by Mayor Andy of Mansfield and Councillor Matthew Ralph from Ashfield. And I guess overall, what we were trying to do is to visit different countries and different cities, and in particular post-industrial towns, and try to see what we could learn about these places in order to make Mansfield and Ashfield more attractive places for students to. Uh, study, work and set up businesses. Um, I didn't know which students I was gonna get, which was absolutely fantastic because I've worked with nursing students, um, science students, media students. So it was really lovely actually to, to work with such a broad variety of people. And what was particularly lovely, to be perfectly honest with you, after what feels like an eternity of COVID, to get on a train to go into Europe was just so unbelievably exciting. Um, so what what we're gonna have a chat about today is that trip, and we've got a couple of people uh, from that trip. So um, I'd like you to just really give us a brief introduction first of all about yourself. So, Yanni, should we start with you?
3: I'm Yanni Christodoulou. Um... I'm currently a student at Nottingham Trent University. I'm doing international business. So to be able to go on this trip, it was a really good opportunity for me to sort of learn about some different countries and how business is done in them. Um, I live in Mansfield. I was originally born in Lincoln, but I've been to school in Mansfield and I currently have my whole life here. So,
0: okay, so you've you've got a real kind of incentive then, uh, as a local lad, to hopefully... Uh, learn something for this trip and see it implemented. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and Tiffany, how, how about you? Uh,
4: I'm a Tiffany Mayfield. I'm a, a mature mental health nursing student at the um, NTU Mansfield campus. Um, I really wanted to go on the trip, um, really because I've I live I've lived in Mansfield for seven years. I think it is now. I have three children, and they all go to Um, schools and that in Mansfield Um, so I really wanted to get involved with you know making the the town better for them and and everyone else obviously but obviously it's their future being here so that was really important and the experience as well of, of going to Europe and meeting new people within the university has been brilliant.
0: We started off our trip in Lille and the reason that we went there is the Ronchin commune in Lille is twinned with Kirkby and Ashfield. So we had a kind of uh, link there. And from there, we planned out a route. We kind of collaborated a little bit on that route and we went to Cologne in Germany. Uh, we stopped very briefly in um, Belgium for some waffles and then we made our way to the Netherlands. So. My first question really is and again to you, Yanni, had you been to any of these countries before?
3: Uh no, I'd been to I've been to other places in the world, been to sort of other places in Europe, um, but I'd never been to France, Germany, or the Netherlands. So it was all completely new to me. Um and I just think it was amazing to go and see some different places, sort of uh, managed to speak a bit of French. I'd learned French, but I'd never been to France, so I could never practice it with any sort of real people. Um so it was just, yeah, it was just a really good opportunity to go there and sort of embrace the different cultures, try some different foods. Um, yeah, it was just a really good time.
0: And Yanni, I- I'm afraid if you say you can talk a bit of French, I have to ask you to say something in French.
3: Um, although basic, I could say, bonjour, je m'appelle Yanni, uh, je suis un étudiant à l'école de uh, Nottingham Trent. <laughs> OK, excellent.
0: And talking of which, let me just go off on a little bit of a tangent. Mayor Andy, when we were in, uh, when we went to Lille University, absolutely shocked all of us, didn't he? When he came out, do, do you want to, Tiffany, can you tell us what, why we were so shocked and what he didn't? It had nothing to do with his tie.
4: His whole speech was in in French and it was incredible. <laughs> I don't think anybody was expecting it so no he did an amazing job it was a uh, very impressive yeah
0: and and I think that really told us a lot about his eagerness to kind of embrace the culture and make the most of it and I think that was a really important uh, ethic to take out of that trip so yeah now I, I'm I'm going to talk a little bit about food here and Tiffany I'm going to give you a bit of a drumming in a minute so just be prepared for this okay, okay. So, Yanni, you said that um, embracing the culture and trying different foods. So c- can you tell me, let, let's think about Cologne, because we had a trot around Cologne in search of certain things, didn't we? Can you remember yeah.
3: what they were? Um, well, I really wanted to go try some of the sausages that they have in Germany. Uh, so we, I remember I had to walk around a few districts and try to find uh, some good sausage stands. We struggled to find a few, but I think we found... There was one where I got some bratwurst sort of the curry sausage and that was good. Um, and I can't remember what the other what the other piece of food we had was. I think it was Reibekuchen. Oh, you got better kind of, be- Sorry, you got a better memory than me. It was it's something like it was a, like a potato fritter and I just really wanted to go try some of the local foods because you can't seem to get them over here and they're not going to be as authentic as in the real place. Um, I can't remember what else we got in Germany.
0: Um, well with, with those potatoes Yanni, I, I remember we both stared at each other with a look of trepidation didn't we because we asked what it was and they said it's fried potato with apple sauce
3: yeah, yeah I remember that bit, But what, yeah. what did you think of it it was definitely different I mean I think we had some other sauces as well I think the apple sauce was nice but it was it's kind of one of the things that you try it and it's it was nice but I don't know if I'd have it again um, it was different though definitely
0: all right. So it's important to try different things and get a sense of the culture through the food.
3: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: So if if we were going to say a food associated with Mansfield, <laughs> what, what would we say?
3: Mm, chips, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so is is that going to lure people to Mansfield? Great chippers. Don't know. Could do. Uh, my my family all have chippies. i I'm, I'm of separate descent. Uh, so my grand my granddad had a chip shop and quite a lot of my families did so I've sort of grown up around that culture quite a lot and I know that a lot of people around in Mansfield chips is quite a uh, central part of the diet. So
0: okay, and do we do you think we need to do like a, a unique chip shop to stand out from the others, or do
3: you think it's uh, just chips is enough in itself? Um, I think chips may be enough in itself. I mean, I think it's a pretty stable part of the diet. Um, but yeah, uh, there are shops doing some different things. Uh, there's quite a few different cultures and different um, different cuisines coming into Mansfield. There's a new uh, Lebanese place uh, that we've been going to quite a bit. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think there's quite a few new Turkish places, some Greek places coming in. And I think that's really important to have in a place like Mansfield, which is sort of primarily sort of white population uh, to get some different different cuisines coming in i always like trying new things so i think it's, it's, it's really good okay
0: and that that touches on something very important that we'll come back to in a bit and that's any kind of barrier that stops people embracing culture or trying different things we, we'll come back to that in a minute but of course i've, I've, I've been waiting for this opportunity to give tiffany a good i know what's there. coming yeah <laughs> <laughs> So you tell me what is coming.
4: Is this about pizza? It
0: certainly is about pizza. So come on, live on the podcast, confess to the world what you
4: did. I I think I I pretty much had pizza every night in Europe, which is shocking really. But um, we'd left it so late every night um, to organise anything. And we just ended up just going for pizza for some reason. So yeah, I came back and I was like, I didn't want to see a pizza for a a very long time. (laughs)
0: Uh, and not just that you were having the pizzas some of them delivered to the hotels we're in so on on a more serious level um do you do you think that there is a certain security in ordering pizza and takeaway food something that you know that meant you were more likely to have that than go out and try something or was it just a case of I need to eat we've got back late
4: Oh, it may, it's probably a bit of both, really. I think when you're somewhere different and you're not really sure, um, it, it's sort of deciding, especially when there's like and making a, a uniform decision on that. Uh, um, yeah, it was a bit between that and the fact that we just weren't very organized and it just got to that late at night that we just thought we're just gonna have to order a takeaway pizza, yeah,
0: okay. I, I'm not give you any more hassle about
1: it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, the purpose of going to Europe, as we've mentioned, was to gain inspiration and ideas on things that people are doing differently elsewhere with the hope that perhaps that could happen in Mansfield. And there's one thing that really stood out for me on the trip that Amy said. And she said... There's no point doing anything new in Mansfield because it will just get smashed up. And I think there's a degree of truth in that. Mm, But I also find that so absolutely depressing. Yes. And I I want to try and get to the heart of where that attitude comes from uh, and why it is. So do you have any ideas
4: I think it comes from, I mean, I know from places like parks, if I take children to the park, um, the amount of times you can go to the parks around Mansfield and they have been um, destroyed really by, um, well, I'm not, I, obviously I don't want to um, point the finger at any anybody in particular, but you know they've been destroyed and I think things like that, it does make you think what is the point of having something nice if if people are out there to to ruin it. So I think it's just, but at the same time, I think it'd be nice to create something that, you know, I, th- I think it, it, we can make something that people are proud of really. And I personally think getting people involved in that is is part of that as well. The more people that get involved in making Mansfield um, uh, better, you know, they're more likely to keep that and want to to keep it that way rather than destroy it, hopefully.
0: So, so, again, I don't want to put any words in your mouth here because this is really important, but instead of a kind of top-down process where, you know, you're having this, this is happening, mm. you, are you suggesting that the more people are involved, the more members of the community, the more likely they're going to take responsibility for these things?
4: Yeah, absolutely, I do. I do think if people have that engagement with it and they have that... Relationship with it,
3: then they're
0: less likely to to destroy it. Okay, uh, Yanni, how about you? Have you got any feelings on this?
3: Um, yeah, I think it needs to be sort of a bottom up process. You need to get the people who are going to be sort of directly affected by the things like the parks and stuff to sort of have have their word on it. Um, I think a lot of things are getting destroyed because I think ultimately it's people getting bored. And when I say people, I think it's primarily sort of teenagers people that shouldn't really be using the parks i think it's younger children who are you know going on the slides and stuff but it's the teenagers who don't have things to do they go to the parks and then they're, they're bored and they decide to smash things up or uh destroy it so i think there needs to be some initiatives made for teenagers to have something to do to keep them occupied
0: all right maybe maybe we'll come back to that that point towards the end then when we think about um what those initiatives could be um what what i just want to briefly talk about our actual trip now because um i I don't know about you but for me the standout place was actually arnhem in the netherlands and so just a little bit of context arnhem has traditionally been a very kind of run-down deprived area it has a history of drug use of homelessness there's um, I think high levels of um, uh, refugees who have moved there or been relocated there so there's been a big kind of social problem there in the sense of how you bring all these communities together and what the local councillors have done is made spaces available for artisans whereby they could live above their shops and this was such a clever move because what it meant was when you go to work you also live there which meant you get to know other people next door which meant you got to know the community and what people started to do is they started to talk to refugees and they started to talk to um, some of the people with more chaotic lives rather than just ignoring them that they actually brought them in and we we spoke to one woman I don't know can you you remember the hip-hop artist woman so what she did is she created she had a real passion for hip-hop and for fashion and she managed to combine these two things together and she made these incredible tracksuits where you pulled up the zip and underneath the zip was a kind of a, a, a story of the refugees within the community. And she invited them into the shop and she did sewing with them so they felt part of it. And I think she made some clothes for homeless people as well. And, and I just was so impressed with that attitude, to be honest with you.
3: But the thing that
0: really stood out for me with her was her sense of pride in what she did. I guess my question to you is, did you have that same feeling in Arnhem or is this just me? And secondly, how do we create that sense of pride within Mansfield to stop things being smashed up and that kind of thing? It's a big, broad question, but if you could have a go at it, that would be great.
3: Um, I think it's just a sense of, it's the community that's sort of been built around that area and there needs to be, initiatives in place so that the community can develop because at the moment it's sort of just different groups of people living around in Mansfield um but I think it's quite a hard it's a hard thing to achieve because it's a gradual process you can't just put something in place and suddenly a community is developed there needs to be a sort of change in behavior of the people um I'm not sure what the answer is to that um in terms of initiatives and what to actually do but I just know that it's quite a long process and it's I don't know. I felt like with quite a lot of places that we visited, particularly Arnhem, um, the community was just—it was there. It was sort of you could feel the spirit of it, especially to a few of the shops that we went to. Is in the fashion district, everyone just seemed to be happy and they still seemed to get on with each other. Um, I think that would definitely be a big benefit to Mansfield to get give people a sense of community and sort of um, to make people be proud of where they live.
0: Okay, Tiffany.
4: Yeah, I was. I think it might have a lot to do as well as we've got. Um, we do have quite a lot of um, well-known um, retail stores, um, whereas obviously Arnhem, they were the. Um, local businesses um like you say they lived above the shops they were local people and it wasn't just about their individual shops they because they lived there it was part of their community so they branched out so they didn't just think well I've got this business they thought I've got this business now what could I do in the community to help other people with what I'm doing in my business and I don't think we have that in Mansfield it's um especially because we have some of the bigger name shops like the Primarchs, the New Looks to them you know, it's not their community as such because they're they're all over. Um, whereas it'd be nice to see more local businesses um, who are connecting. And like I say, Arnhem, I think it's a great idea that we can create that space above um, for people to live. So they probably, they feel more connected to their business and but to the community as well and then start helping each other. And I think it's that, um, like Yanni said about the connection and the community and I think that's a big part of it.
0: Yeah, it's... I want to very, very briefly bring Nottingham into this conversation, because that's where I live. Um, um, When when the Broadmarsh Centre collapsed during COVID, I was ecstatic. It is the best thing I've ever heard, because I'm sick to death of city centres that are generic, exactly like you say, Tiffany, the same kind of shops, because how can you ever have a sense of pride and belief in where you live? If you don't have any ownership over that business or any say in the way that it's run or or the things that are made. So maybe then if we want to create a sense of civic pride, we want to um, create an environment or the slow build of community, as you said, Yanni. Maybe then one thing the mayor needs to consider then is making kind of affordable rents creating those spaces so people have that confidence to because it's a big decision particularly in the current economic climate to set up a business must be petrifying you know so we've got to try to make sure that we create the security that can kind of enable that to happen Mm. okay now I've said somewhere that I was really impressed with on our trip and I'd, I'd like to ask you both to maybe just give an example or more than one example of somewhere in Europe that we visited that you were just like, wow, I like that.
4: We had a brief conversation with this, I think, before we started, didn't we? (laughs) Um, I said Rotterdam and I I really enjoyed Rotterdam, um, but also Utrecht. I thought Utrecht as well was brilliant. I think the architecture is amazing Um, and the art they also bring in. so even when you're walking along and you've got these amazing sculptures, it just creates a really good atmosphere, I think, um, as you're walking around. And what, what,
0: why do you think architecture is important then?
4: I think it just takes away from everything. I, I mean, I know everyone sees art differently. I, I enjoy art personally myself, and I just think it gives you that moment to look at it and... Think about that and just focus on that, and not anything else you might be thinking of or anything around you. And I think it just gives you that that peace in a way.
0: But but if you have, I think more of the buildings, the architecture of Rotterdam. So they were very innovative, such as um, the yellow houses we saw that were at the weird weird angles. Um, oh, I forgot what they're actually called. Sorry.
4: Cube houses.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> thinking again about what we were talking about with the sense of pride uh, and a sense of belonging do you think then that architecture or buildings or the way that a city is mapped out and, plan and planned is something that can contribute to the way that people feel about a place that's, that's for you tiffany oh
4: i didn't know whether i was waiting to see if yanni was going to answer um, yeah i do i think um i mean it an example, you, you know, we're talking about the key buildings right now. It's something that's it's memorable and that people come to see. And I think that's part of what makes you know people proud because there's actually people that are able to come and see these buildings that are in that are where we live. Um, and I think that creates a, a sense of pride that you know you, your community has created something unique and has something unique that other people want to see and other people go away and talk about. And I think that's really nice.
0: Yeah, so that's that's but uh, yeah, I think that's really important word there making something memorable. Because if we're talking about graduate retention, if we're trying to attract people, then we have to create a memorable experience. People have got to want to go somewhere, and people don't want to go to generic places with the same shops and they don't want to go to ugly places. So these are things that hopefully will be
3: considered. Uh, Yanni, I think following on from that point, I think one of the want to highlight but one of the things that I thought was really really good initiative that we've seen was in Lille in France on the first night when we walked into the city to try and find some food we were just met by all these sort of bright colorful buildings and it sort of seemed like the whole city was just completely lit up Um, and they had these LEDs where all the buildings were lit up in different colors and they were underneath all of the old architecture and it just attracted your eyes upwards and you just sort of drawn to look around and see all the buildings. Um, and it just made the, made the town seem like a really, um, really welcoming place. And I think that's something that we don't have in Mansfield. Um, I just think that initiative would be really good to put in, put in any city, to be honest, or any town. I mean, Mansfield has got a lot of old architecture and a lot of old heritage. I remember on the first day when we came in and had a look around, um, I'd never really looked up before we were looking up at all the old buildings and there's all these old gargoyles and statues and you don't see them and they're from maybe a 100 years ago uh, further than that um and you just don't see them in the regular regular day or night because they're not lit up whereas if they were then you'd be able to see all these different things um and it just really gives a good sense of that community sort of welcoming warm spirit of the town
1: mm.
0: I guess really that you know, in an ideal world, we we would, when we're planning, we would make some innovative architecture. But of course, that's a lot of money. But in terms of making features of things that already exist, that that's a yeah. lower cost, so, so that could work. Uh, Yanni, thinking about the lighting, did you go, or were you aware of the um, light walks in
3: Utrecht? uh the light walks uh no i didn't i didn't hear about them okay
0: so so in utrecht in the evening you can walk through the city via kind of light installations and it's just a way of transforming the same space so it becomes different in the evening i i I did that and and loved it you know and again it just made everything feel different and unique and just, just transformed it momentarily I, and i think that magical quality is really important and we know that mansfield is surrounded by absolutely beautiful greenery so there could be ways of having lights that run through the city and create a trail that then links out to greener areas you know so again lots of things that could happen um i just want to now give you the very difficult question and that is we've been abroad we've seen lots of different things you you know the places you 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 live in what would you like to see happen in mansfield or what what have you taken from another place that you think could possibly work in mansfield and perhaps to j- just guide you or remind you When we were away, we looked at Mansfield Town Centre's master plan for regeneration. Um, It's a draft, I should mention here. So um, I don't think we're going to get in any trouble uh, mentioning the eight principles, but they were a place to live and play, a place for innovation and education, valuing Mansfield's public space, greening Mansfield celebrate and repair Mansfield's historic fabric, a connected network of destinations and varied characterful routes, uniting the town centre with its neighbourhoods and providing a welcome worthy of Mansfield. So bearing those in mind, uh, do you have any kind of suggestions and do any of these link with any of these? So if we should we start with you, Tiffany?
4: No, I don't know. (laughs) Um,
0: if, if you want a minute, we can go. Over no,
4: you, you're okay. fine. I know exactly what I'm going to say, but I'm I'm pretty sure most people are sick of hearing me say about safe cycle routes. <laughs> okay. um, obviously, it was it was one of the things that I put into our um, presentation, but um, of not just me, but a lot of other people as well in their presentations um, to um, the, the council uh, was around cycling, which I thought was brilliant. Anyway, because um, I know it was a little bit of a competition um, and we didn't win, but just to see it happen was would be amazing anyway. So I'm, I'd be happy either way. But I think um, the safe cycle routes around Mansfield and connect, connecting Mansfield, um, the Ashfields, um, out further into greener spaces, I, I, it was a personal passion of mine um, and I think would fit into a lot of those um, key features of the Master Plan for Regeneration. Um, that the, the mayor's um, put down. And, uh, yeah, especially things like the greener, greener Mansfield, um, getting people cycling more, um, less cars around the centre, uh, you know, the community. I just think there's so many good things around the cycling that would um, benefit Mansfield so much. So that's definitely one for me. Um, and that's taken from Europe, because if you go to Europe, um, all you see is bikes, bikes, bike lanes, people cycling, kids in trailers on bikes with people pushing them. Um, not denying we have the hills, um, but it would certainly get us fit and get us healthier and make Mansfield feel greener, I definitely think.
0: And I think there's an important thing here, and that is safer cycling. So obviously, you're the mother of three children. I am. What, 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 what would make cycling safe enough that you would be confident to go out with your children and do you feel like you could do that at the moment with bike with your children
4: um would i feel safe at the moment no um i haven't had a car for two months because my car broke actually and i did uh i bought a bike seat for my bike um but i thought to myself how am i going to do this because i've got a nine-year-old as well so I I personally I wouldn't feel I haven't attempted it because I I wouldn't feel safe with my daughter even though she's done things like bikeability which they do in school and I think it's great um I just don't think the cycle routes they're not clear and I just don't think they're safe enough I think cycle routes need to be off the roads not you know just a lane on the road I just don't think that's that safe enough and it just doesn't make it safe for you know especially children as well
0: okay yeah, because I remember, I mean, t- to be honest with you, one thing that really surprised me and Utrecht was when we were walking along the canals, two lanes were for cycling and one was for people walking. Yeah. we we're in the minority. Yeah. I, you had to you had to
4: wear a helmet as
0: a walker because it was so dangerous in case you got hit by a bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: you definitely had to pay attention, didn't you, to what was around you. But it was great to see at the same time, though, wasn't it? That the, um, So many people got involved and so many people were cycling, and I've never seen anything like that. I thought it was incredible.
0: And do you think people in Mansfield, I think about your friends or people you study with, if these lanes pro- were provided and they felt safe, do you think, that people would go on bikes or are we all petrol legs
4: oh it's it's a difficult one because i think um i say i my car broke down and it's only taken that for me to think actually i really enjoy walking and Mm. not using my car as much but i do think if it's going to happen probably now is the best time because petrol and diesel prices are absolutely ridiculous um the cost of living's gone up and I think if it's going to happen now, would be a good time for it to happen and encourage people to do that because it, you know, it save save money, and then you've got the added benefit of um, of getting healthier and um, and fitter. So, yeah. Okay, thank
0: you. And um, Yanni, same question. Do you have a suggestion or inspiration from the trip?
3: Um, I think quite a big feeling I got from the trip was sort of in the city and town centres. I know we mentioned it quite a lot about how green it was. Like you're looking around, and there's plants at places. There was, I think, there was one photo we had of a bus stop, and all down the back of it there was sort of uh, plants coming off it, and there was buildings that where they had plants sort of built into them. Um, I think that's something that we could implement into Mansfield. I know that when you go into the town centre, there isn't any green. I don't think at all. Um, so I think it'd be a great idea to sort of put some maybe some planters in or some beds uh, so that we can actually get a good sort of the green green aspect into the town centre because otherwise it's sort of boring and it's dull on the eyes. Um, I think another thing we could do is, like I mentioned before, with the lights in Lille, we could definitely do that in Mansfield. I think there's just a few ideas uh, that you can do to really, improve, uh, to really improve the cosmetics of the town. Um, it just makes it a nice place to go in. I know a lot of people don't go into town because the shops aren't there. Um, But it's also because it's quite a dull place to go, I think. It's quite depressing going in and seeing grey. And I think if we could change that, add some plants in, make it a greener place, make people happier and want to go in, uh, I think it'll improve the whole sort of spirit of going going into town a lot more.
0: Yeah, because one of the reasons that we went to Utrecht was to have a look at what they call the vertical forests. And these are just in the early stages of being developed at the moment. And it seems to be that when you're building kind of flats, if you like, you have a balcony and things are grown up it, and as the next balcony is built, it kind of progresses upwards, which just is stunning. So yeah, I, Mm. I, I really agree with you with that. But again, this would require, if you build flats, you've got to think about how people live and you've got to create balconies, which personally I think it should be illegal to build any kind of flat without a balcony. I just think that is just ridiculous. But yeah, so you're, you're saying you get the greenery in the city centre, it, it feels a little bit more welcoming, I guess, because it's nature. And then we've got the lights we've got the kind of stimulation. So it is possible. Yeah.
3: yeah, and I think some of these, although they take some money to implement them in, I think they're quite low cost in terms of maintaining them. You could get plants that sort of self maintained, and mm. I think if you had some community projects, I'm sh- sure that there will be people who uh, usually go to allotments or similar. Mm. I think they would definitely um, engage in them and sort of help to sort of conserve it.
0: So, yeah, Yanni, you you said at the beginning of this podcast that you your your family owns chip shops. Okay, so I will be coming for some discounted chips, by the way. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you going to sit down and talk to them and say you know we are part of this cultural shift at the moment I would like to see a bit of greenery on the outside of the chip shop because it's all very well as sitting here and talking about things and saying people should do that but we are part of the community so do you feel as if that's something that you would consider doing or or would what what would you think the reaction would be if you explain this to your to to your family?
3: Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting idea. Obviously, there's going to be a bit more sort of upkeep you need to do. But I think even for the idea of a business, it's definitely good because, you just like I said, it just attracts people. People see plants somewhere. People like to go see plants. People like going to garden centres because it's a nice space to be in. Um, so I think shops should definitely incorporate that. Um, yeah, I just think but people are just attracted to plants and people like the sort of the new green approach and people tend to shop at places which are greener. Um and it just makes the place sort of happier in general, I think. Definitely a good idea.
0: And Tiffany, again, I don't we're talking about the importance of the greenery. do, do you have any plants? Do you grow anything at home?
4: Um, I do actually. I'm not gonna I'm you know, I'm um not a seasoned gardener or anything, um, but I I personally, I love plants. Um, I plant quite a bit in the garden um, and I have a lot of plants inside. So yeah, I think being surrounded by, I agree with what Yanni said, it's um, being surrounded by plants, it does give you that. I don't know, it's, it's calming and it's nice and you feel I think, a bit more connected to nature, which is nice.
0: Uh, I was chatting to someone the other day um, and he said, uh, he thinks that every school should plant a tree at the beginning of the intake of uh, pupils so that by the time you leave school you see the reality of how long it's taken a tree or something to grow it gives you a sense of um understanding of time it it, it's something you grow with and you kind of connect with but i I think on a serious level i'm glad that you do have plans because this is a big problem. We always talk about things other people should be doing and then we have to think, well, are we doing that ourselves? And, you know, if we want people to cycle and that, well, what are we doing to try to do that? And you, you've kind of been forced by economic, as we all are at the moment, to be honest with you. So maybe these cycle lanes will come in as a, as an absolute necessity. OK, I think um, I think that we are probably covered quite a bit here. We've talked about our relationship with Mansfield, we've talked about going abroad and we've, we've put forward a couple of suggestions. I should point out to um, listeners that uh, when Tiffany was talking about presentations, when we came back from our trip with the other 56 students, we all gave presentations about our ideas for regeneration and one common theme in every single presentation was greening and nature. Um, so hopefully this is something that people will pick up on but i'd like i'd like to end this podcast with a difficult question and that difficult question is how do you see mansfield in 20 years time now you can do a dream scenario which i think always leads to unrealistic uh, expectations or or or, or what would make you proud you know, in 20 years time to know that it's changed in a particular way. And I'm gonna say Mansfield in the premiership with Nottingham Forest.
4: <laughs> well I'll start mine with the the cycle routes, obviously. Um but I th- I think a greater sense of community more than anything, um, going into town. Um and it being I mean, more of an experience than, than a chore, if you know what I mean. It, it, you know, go in and it feels like more of an experience, like you want to be there and um, creating that, you know, more greenery in the town would be lovely. Um, and the buildings, you know, I think if we could chuck some cube buildings in there, it'd be brilliant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
3: thank you. And Yannick? Um. To be completely honest, I think it's going to be sort of a bit more like Nottingham, really. Uh, I think, sort of, as time goes on, as the population changes, uh, I think it's going to get a bit more of a younger town. It's going to be more graduates coming in, and I think the architecture, like Tiffany said, I think it's going to change, uh, become a lot more modern. Um, yeah, I think it's really going to develop and come out of the mining mining era and sort of develop into this new uh, new town status. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to change quite a lot. And hopefully, with these new plans that Mayor Andy's put into place, um, we can see some of our ideas maybe put into the changes and sort of make it a better place for our generation coming through.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. Um, thank you for being involved with this. Uh, it's been really lovely to have the opportunity to spend a bit of time with you in Europe. And I, I know, particularly for you, Yanni, having spent two very very important birthdays i think was it your 19th and 20th in, in yeah. lockdown so you know you're 21st or whatever in a in a different country I, i'm really glad that we, we we've got to share that and i hope we do stay in contact and let's meet up in 20 years time when <laughs> Mansfield are in the premiership and yeah. a of cycle routes and it's a little beautiful place and yeah, we can hopefully all feel the sense of pride.
4: You best be cycling in them yeah. when we meet.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: So thanks again to James, Tiffany and Yanni for allowing us to listen to their reflections on their fantastic voyage through post industrial Europe in search of ideas for the mansfield of tomorrow. Judging by what they all had to say, Mum, it would seem that greenery and bicycles are key to the town's future. Now, you've already got a garden and some greenery, haven't you? Although it's all looking a bit yellow at the moment. But how yeah. about a bike? If Mansfield had new cycle lanes, would you get your
2: lycra on and start peddling? You know, I just might. Are you, are you a, a cyclist? I used to be. I, fall, I used to fall off a lot. Uh... But uh, we used to go to, um, we used to go about 14 miles on it. And I did have one occasion when we was uh, very close today, one six oh four And I'd got there and I'd got to go across it. I didn't look. But bear in mind, there wasn't a lot of traffic around in those days. And uh, there wasn't many, and I went straight across. And today I would have been killed outright, but instead... Three cars came shooting past me and landed in the ditch. And so I got on my bike and quickly made my way up Lane.
1: And they were left in the ditch?
2: And they were left in the ditch, but nobody was killed. And also, I have pulled the brakes up fast when I've been chopping and gone over the top. So, you know, I don't know how to ride a bike.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. So uh, if we do have cycle lanes in Mansfield, you clearly shouldn't be allowed a bicycle, right? It's time okay. for the closing ritual um, of you singing the theme tune, and this time your challenge, ma'am, is to sing the theme tune in French. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to do the translation yourself. I will give you the words. Right. Yeah. Are you listening? Mansfield, yes. in ville qui se trouve dans le nord du Nottinghamshire. Got that? Yes. So instead of Mansfield as a town in North Nottinghamshire, you sing, Mansfield est une ville qui se trouve dans le nord du Nottinghamshire. Mansfield-y-duppy, à is in Nottinghamshire. <laughs> Very good. Mansfield <laughs> est une ville qui se trouve dans le nord du Nottinghamshire. You want more? Not really, no. Anyway, au revoir, mes canards. Uh, uh, au revoir. <laughs> Well, it's not in the north And it's not in the south